Hey everyone, your girl Shea Coulee here, and we are kicking it with my internet legend and drag queen merch friend and icon, Bible Girl. First, we talked to Bible Girl about what it's been like to build a brand and run a fashion empire. And we get a little bit of tea from Bible Girl on the Free Britney movement. And we find out what Bible Girl would wear if she was on stage with Miss Spears herself. Look, this is such a cut up and we have so much fun with our girl Bible Girl today. I cannot wait for you to listen. Forever. Are top model fans born or made? Hey, I'm Shea Coulee, and welcome to Wanna Be On Top, a podcast where I explore the cultural phenomenon that launched a thousand smizes. As always, I'm joined by insatiable power bottom and top model expert Maxwell Esposito. Hi, Maxwell. Hi, Shay. It was so, so fun to chat with our friend Bible Girl on Monday about oh my God, the photo shoot, Heatherette. Um, I mean, reflecting and thinking about Heatherette is always so funny to me because I worked for Traver. I worked for Traver when I lived in Hawaii for a little bit. Yes. So, I mean, seeing those clothes on my TV again definitely remind, reminded me of getting dressed to go to work at that bar. So it was <laughs> a great time. I mean, you know, we talked about this. Cycle 3 delivers all the drama. Just like... Such good drama. Mm-hmm. And, and look, and the way that Tyra and the team play into production in this cycle so much is really, really what we deserve because it was so good to reminisce on the drama with Bible Girl. And I am so excited to have her back to chat with us some more. So look, let's just get to it. And welcome back to the show, my friend, Bible Girl. Hey, Hello. girl. Hi, Shannon. Thanks How's it going? She's yes. going. She's going. I'm dreaming of Heatherette, you know. Uh, I know. Not? Aren't we all? You know, so on Monday, we talked about uh, Heatherette, obviously, and its impact on pop culture. And you are in charge of a pretty great brand yourself. So let's talk a little bit about drag queen merch. Sure. Well, thank, well, thank you for being so kind to say so, Shay. Um, ah. Drag queen merch is like, it was like a little fun I, it started as a fun project for myself. It was originally just my own merchandise when I was a baby queen. It was just BibleGirl666.com, which now does redirect to DragQueenMerch.com. But um, so for DragCon year one, that was my first time to take my merchandise into a physical space outside of like a print-on-demand e-commerce one. And I, you know, I didn't really have a significant amount of clout, but very much as we were talking the last episode, be confident and, you know, things will fall as they're supposed to fall. And so I printed enough merch that I thought I would need. And then I ran out on day one. And so that to me was like an indicator for what I thought was a whole weekend's worth of stock, that there is actually a market that is looking for some type of just streamlined drag apparel to put out into the world. And I had also seen at like different drag shows, I think the first time I had gone to one of those Battle of the Season shows forever ago, I had noticed that there was the merch table and it reminded me so much of like when MySpace fans would travel and just had like one of their assistants running the merch table, you know, and like 
I just made me wonder, is there, is there an actual internal industry? Are they printing stock? Is there a way to do this to make it easier for everyone? So that was really the other impetus behind it. So when I saw that there was a, a market, I really got the roast to cook in, as some of the girls say, and um, just started asking friends that I was with in industry if they wanted to be a part of it and kind of help remove the middleman and make it be less of a stressful process to actively elevate a, a drag performer's way of making income in different corners and facets and it didn't have to just be t-shirts and ultimately what my message and moral for the website is is that it can be for anybody so like you can be as small or as big relatively however you see it and you can still have your stuff represented on drag queen merch because i think um the easiest way to start branding yourself is through a t-shirt and then some and yeah you know, it's like a walking billboard so everyone's welcome that's what drag is you know absolutely and look it's accessibility is important and having mm-hmm. a brand that allows people to feel accessible to being able to get their merchandise out there i feel is great you know there's so many in this uh so many people um in this community um that go through uh drag queen merch and it's absolutely phenomenal so um, my next question for you has been what have been some of your favorite projects or clients that you've gotten to work with while doing drag queen merch Wow, I think my favorite, wow, my favorite project, I think coordinating the Funko deals were really fun. That was really neat and exciting just because at the time we were, I mean, we were forging headway. It was the first drag queen category for Funko. So just being able to develop and try to meet in the middle with something as big and corporate of a juggernaut as Funko and like, kind of help guide their hand to the best of our ability while also like making sure that they were happy as like a respective client, I guess, but business partners, maybe a better way. That was just like fun because it was so big. Honestly, actually, I take it back. Funko's in like the top three, Hot Topic. That was the coolest. That was the coolest for sure. Going into a brick and mortar space and being able to make sure that there were all types of drag performers included in those rollouts was really important to me because I, I, I just felt like it's, it's all punk, you know, it's every, everyone is, you know, you don't, there shouldn't be a benchmark to have representation. So I think that was a really, really exciting thing. I was so excited to like have Lucy be a, Lucy still be a part of that. Yeah. You know, like that was just such a really near and dear personal project that I was really happy to work on for sure. That's my favorite. Well, and honestly, so awesome because it, like hot topics are everywhere. Like, I mean, I mm-hmm. went back to my hometown and was able to see, drag queens merchandise in the mall I shopped at like next to Gloria Bean at Fox Valley Mall in Aurora, Illinois I (laughs) walked into my Hot Topic that I used to buy my bed ass wide shorts from and saw on the wall where I got my Spongebob shirts Alaska and these other people that I look up to as shirts on the wall and that is major can you say say legendary Wow, I love that we basically um, had the same experience because I literally was about to share my experience of going to Fox Valley Mall and oh my God. seeing in the hot topic there. Yes, I, I don't think the, our listeners understand that, like, though uh, Maxwell and I did not meet until, like, later on, um, obviously living in Chicago, we grew up, like, very, very close to one another. Um, yeah, and Fox Valley Mall was the tea. And and, and it, it, it is just so cool to be able to, like, see your friends um, in a place that you shopped in 
you know, just like early on in your life, there's something just like so cool about that. And the reach that drag queen merch had by going into that space was just really cool. Yeah, thank you. It was, yeah, there, the the experience of walking into my, my first Hot Topic and seeing it, I remember it was in the Hollywood Boulevard one, and I wasn't looking for it specifically. I was just, like, going into Hot Topic. I was like, oh, my God, like, there's an entire yes. panel of our shit here. Like, it was nuts. And I it just, like, it was, like you said, seeing your friends just have that shine and, like, be at the top tier row of the graphic to you. Yes. It was just, like, fucking bitching. So, yeah, yeah, that was a really neat thing. Yeah, I'm grateful that we got to do that together. Okay, so if you were to do a uh, top model collaboration, uh, who would be your dream top model contestant to collab for our drag queen merch? Oh, Allison Harvard. I yes. knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> I am I am a creepy chance stand till the day I die. She is yes. the one. <laughs> yes, you hear that, I Allison? She's the listen. NFT girl, right? Yes. Does yes, she have NFT she just, now? She probably would. She, yeah, no. She, no, she she sold. I saw because, okay, well, um, my sis Pheromone um, knows Allison because she was friends with Allison's uh, sister. And so um, it's friends with her on uh, Facebook and had, you know, talk, she had shared with me how Allison had sold an NFT of some old um, MySpace photos that she had taken. Oh and God. like, made a really cute check from it and was just all like, oh my God, like, this is amazing. Like, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, no, go on, Allison oh Harvard. Allison Harvard MySpace photos are like the equivalent of like a first generation holographic Pokemon card. That shit, <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, that, <laughs> this thing is bankrolling with that shit because those yes. photos are the tea. They were a, like, oh, I remember, uh, I just, yeah, I could go on about Alison Harper. Yeah. She's just so iconic to me. <laughs> Her all-star song, whatever that song was, Underwater. Uh, what father, was it brother, sister, mother. Yes! Something, something, <laughs> underwater, pot, freedom. Yeah, no, we, look, I actually think Bambi may have, like, performed that one time. Um, for I real. Love that's that's cool. to me. I love that the Kool-Aid family um, keeps the top model songs um, living in the nightclubs of Chicago. We that do. is literally the Kool-Aid, one of the many stamps the Kool-Aid family leaves on the Halstead strip. I think uh, the next move for the Kool-Aid family will be to get those songs up on streaming platforms and get those paychecks going to the people who ooh, deserve them. And the streams really? out there, because we will listen. Oh, <laughs> we will be streaming. Absolutely. Absolutely. What kind of merch would you make for Allison? Like t-shirts, what else? Like, is there anything she would need that is like super niche? I think like baggy sweater dresses, like very fashion, cash, not quite athleisure, but like autumnal, like college, like Harvard camp, not, not, no pun intended, but Harvard campus <laughs> Like very I bad. It. I think just like Letterman type, like, motif stuff that's how i see so yeah, are we thinking like really high knitted socks because i see that yep as well as i'm seeing ribbed knit all that yes. that is what's going on in my brain baby mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. eyelashes like... it's just like her eyes on the front of <laughs> the socks you know, you yeah you do a good enamel pin of her face with those eyes oh my god yes uh, one of those love 20 dollar enamel pins those big heavy ones it's got Ooh. good weight to it mm-hmm. yeah. and the backs <laughs> never come off no no <laughs> that's the power of allison though that is just the fa- they just glue together because yeah it's like i'm not leaving your backpack this jacket i live here now She's like, I'm you not know, Allison Harvard, it's too late, baby. 
<laughs> All right, well, let's let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to talk more with our girl, Bible Girl. We'll be right back. Welcome back. We are here with internet legend Bible Girl. Now, Hello. Bible Girl. Yeah. Hey. Hey. I know that the three of us have in common a love for Britney Spears. And mm-hmm. you are very invested and vocal in the free Britney movement online. And um, I look, I'm obviously doing my best to stay up to date but i'm just like would love for some of our listeners to also know um what is going on there's been a lot developing recently with um our girl britney spears absolutely yeah i mean we basically the entire movement's suspicions all were confirmed as of june 22nd when the new york times dropped that secondary deep dive investigative article uh which was really extensive and spanned back to um like at least eight almost eight years ago even um and it was direct uh anecdote of britney's experience of what we would then later hear her recount on june 23rd at the meeting where she was now able to finally speak her truth for 25 minutes in a statement no less um, and recounted all of these experiences as ultimately being abused and coming in different forms. And essentially as it's it's a weird position to be in, obviously, because you don't want to be right necessarily because it's such a terrible scenario. But essentially, she confirmed that the movement has been on the right track in terms of that this is nefarious and sinister and the probate, the California probate system is extremely corrupt. And there's um, a lot of alleged connections between attorneys, doctors, judges, and the money that the entire circle of the courts is able to make off of not even just Britney Spears, but thousands of other families within the probate court system is quite frankly astonishing. And I think what's really, um, it's a strange catch-22, I don't know if that's the right terminology, but we'll, we'll use it for all intents and purposes. But it's it's weird because you know, you, you have all of this on on record public information through different court documents and records. And no matter how many times you try to explain it to people, you uh, are for myself, actually, at least, and other people in the movement who have said it too, you almost feel like you're gaslighting yourself that it's all, it's like, how could, how could any of this be real? And then when you relay it to other people, that's typically the response you get. So it's, it's really having to, you have to have such a, a conviction to the mission of the fact that like this conservatorship was never installed legally or ethically allegedly in the first place there's it's come to light within uh the past couple of months how there was never a capacity declaration filed for the dementia claims of britney spears which would then ultimately nullify the conservatorship needing to be in place in the first place so it's it's really, it's unfortunate, it's sad, it's corrupt, she deserves better. She's on record saying she deserves better and wants to be public and outward facing about it. Her court-appointed attorney swears she wants to be private now after the judge at the June 23rd hearing decided to close the call. Um, so, unfortunately, the big takeaway from the June 23rd 
hearing is that she spoke her truth and confirmed that it's terrible, but there is no plan of action made by the judge yet for termination, a uh, petition of termination to the conservatorship to be filed. And Brittany has very explicitly requested for that to be the case. Um, yeah, she's been drugged on lithium. She's had to do, I think, I think she, her quote was that she said, I give eight gallons of blood a week for testing, but I think she meant eight vials. Um, but she likened, yeah, she, I mean, she likened the experience to just being like horrible and lonely. And I think, um, this isn't about like saying you're sorry to Britney Spears and that's all very well and good, but this is someone whose human rights have fully been revoked. She can't vote. She can't have a child. She's been forced to have an IUD. That, that was a revelation that she spoke on yesterday. That was so gut-wrenching. I know. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, people in the movement have been comparing it to uh, essentially eugenics, which is horrific and terrifying. Um, and it's, yeah, I mean, no one's body should be policed or controlled without their consent, period. And um, yeah, she's hyper aware and her team keeps trying to infantilize her. And that's the sick part. That's the abuse and the manipulation. So I think everyone needs to stay steadfast in the fact that it's corrupt and wrong and you have to stay vocal. Otherwise, nothing will change. Absolutely. And it, it's so great to see how much change the Free Britney movement has been able to create in the momentum that's behind it. And it's because to, to, you, you said it so well when you said that her team is constantly trying to infantilize her. Because when hearing uh, Britney vocalize and give her testimony, there, the, the literal, the, the base within Britney's voice, the, the, how grounded she was and, 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 and the way that she was describing her experiences, I was just I like this, I was like, it really shows the full severity of the situation that Britney Spears is in right now. And I, I hope just like on a personal level, people can hear it within her voice, the situation that she is in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just I think public pressure will be what changes and ultimately it doesn't stop at Britney either. I think that's a very important point to make. Like this was something that brought a lot. Britney was someone who brought a lot of us into the culture of pushing back against conservatorship abuse. But now uh, we're in it for the long haul because we've met so many different advocates whose families are directly afflicted by it. And it's it's. It shouldn't, it, it is shocking, even though it shouldn't be because the government at large with these systems, as we've even seen with Erica Jane and Tom Girardi, are mismanaged and at, admittedly mismanaged too little too late. So we need that to not be the case for Britney Spears or the other victims who are part of this probate court system problem. Absolutely. And I mean, there, I feel like a lot of times, you know, especially in the case with uh, Britney, we find ourselves... Uh, constantly um, questioning how she is based off of what we are uh, showed on her Instagram. Um, and I just want to know, as uh, uh, a huge fan of Britney, um, what are your, your feelings about her Instagram? Because there's so many... Um, different ways in which things are interpreted where, you know, people are like, you know, uh, things are coded or, you know, this is her team trying to um, kind of create these narratives about Britney. And and I mean, personally, from hearing some of the testimony um, that she gave, uh, having such a large platform as like Instagram in such a way to communicate her story, it just doesn't line up that she has the full control over her Instagram um, the way that I think is purported to to the fandom. Like, what do you think? Yeah, I think 
even though we have not a hundred percent confirmation, we do know that she is not directly controlling the output. I think there are certain times, I think especially after or in the wake of her testimony and her statement, um, it sounds like she was dealing with a lot of admitted denial and more likely than not compromise. So maybe she was thinking maybe by playing by the rules and submitting things and I, maybe I can get this or maybe I can see my kids a little bit more. I think there's certain angles because she the thing if like you're a ride or die Britney fan you know she's literally like a queen of subtext whether it be double entendre and lyricism being smarmy with an interviewer really like knowing she can deliver some good good shade and she did that in yesterday's test uh in the testimony on the 23rd um and she yeah and I don't know I just feel like she has navigated certain aspects of social media in a way that you have to really know what you're looking for, but I don't think it's a hundred percent all coded. Um, yeah, I just, I always think it's interesting that, I mean, it's used as a distraction tool ultimately by her, her father and the rest of the team. In my opinion, I think as Britney Spears LLC is the outward facing brand, I think they're using it as a ruse to try and get people off the trail of the scent of what's going on with the conservatorship. Um, is uncanny. It's hard to ignore the fact that the account doesn't post on the weekends or anytime. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, right. it's, it's very Monday to Friday. There's someone doing it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, she's not in full control. And I mean, also, for what it's worth, she sent in a video that said, I'm happy, I'm fine. And then she said in her testimony, I lied. I'm miserable. I'm depressed. So, like, I don't think she has, I think it's very Ashley O adjacent. She does, yeah. she, you know, there's oh, no, wow. Yeah. There's no control. There's no control. And, um, I think going back to how you said Shay, that she sounded so grounded. If you've ever seen the, for the record documentary from 2008, which is, was filmed basically as the conservatorship was being installed, going into the circus era, starting for the PR rollouts and yada, yada, yada. She has the same assuredness of talking ill about being too in control because of the conservatorship even then in its infancy and she was depressed and felt alone and isolated and the same tonality is really echoed in the testimony she made and it's the most candid we've ever heard her probably in 13 years absolutely absolutely i mean it's just like wild to think that here we are like 13 years later mm -hmm. and like you know she's still in this situation all i know is that i will love to have been someone who in my lifetime gets to see britney freed from this you know me too i think we will i think it's not a question I, of if yeah. now it's when it's just when yeah it definitely is when and i i was funny because Ultimately, all I want is uh, Britney's happiness. If she if she decides to never step foot on a stage again, more power to her. Um, yep. But in yep. my fantasy, um, if she does like decide to like return back, you know, for like Britney's like return um, performance, um, I was saying this to um, Dan yesterday. I was just all, like, I could just imagine, you know, just like standing there in the darkness and like everyone's just like so excited and screaming, and then mm -hmm. out of the out of the out of the dark, all we hear is the echo of just, it's been a while. 
And that's oh! it. Like, <laughs> oh my god, it's the way my gay hairs on the back of my yeah. neck just stood Queer up. collapse. <laughs> you know, the, the shockwaves oh that it will send through the universe will literally no, just it's fall true. like. <laughs> it's true. Have, have you seen Britney in concert, Shay? No, I have not seen Britney <gasps> in concert. I have not. Okay, I saw her once. I cried. She came out and I cried. It was very I'm much not. like that. Like it's been a while, raining moment where I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> the thing about like a Britney concert is that it's the Britney presence. Like you could love yeah. the box, you could love the production, but it's there's an energy that I've come to find pretty unmatched, unless it's like Rihanna or Beyonce, where someone can just come out and command, and the way like everyone just stands up in unison it's very it's that very electric palpable thing in the air and the way britney harnesses it and you see it on her face it's like oh i'm there with you i'm here with you girl like oh i I could go on (laughs) i love her it's gonna be such a grand day and i can't wait to um be there with both of you yes it'll it'll be great we'll all be there vegas for sure let's Um, do it hell yeah well, um, let's take a quick break. Um, but when we come back, we are going to play my favorite game, What Are You Wearing? We'll be back. Oh, All right, we are back with Bible Girl. Now, Bible, here at Wanna Be On Top, we like to play this little game called What Are You Wearing? So how this works is we are going to give you a scenario and you are allowed to pull anything you want from the pages of Vogue magazine to the clearance bin at Goodwill to imaginary pieces that you see in your mind, all to create an iconic look for this hypothetical scenario. Do you think you can handle this? Uh- I think. <laughs> okay. We'll so here we go. Britney Spears has been freed from her conservatorship and has agreed to return to Vegas with an exclusive run of her Onyx Hotel tour. Her team has offered you VIP tickets and has asked you to come up to the stage for a quick little number. Bible girl, what are you wearing? Ooh, I think, okay, okay. I'm going to be wearing um, ripped fishnets. And um, I have these American flag sequin shorts where one half of the short is Ooh. blue with white stars and then <laughs> red white you know the motif because yes. I, I just love Britney Americana motif yes. is very camp to me and kitschy uh-huh. um, a pay bible girl belt of cures um, and probably like a really like ruffly top from like Westwood that's sheer just you know balance it out just something really off kilter on top just <laughs> billowy fun I love um, it. Yeah, I think I've and, seen you wear shorts like that before and perform Britney. I, yes. I think to pieces, okay. actually. If I I'm think at about face. It. I think at Shea Coulee's face. Oh my God. No, literally, oh Shay, the first show you ever had me at, my first out of town show at face, I wore those shorts, actually. 
I love it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how we met. Legacy yes. piece. Yes. And then, oh my God, there's that iconic photo of um, all of us in the dressing room. Mm-hmm. Me, yeah. you, Kim, and Pearl. <laughs> all in our blonde all of us hair. Blonde hair. <laughs> mm-hmm. Feeling our fantasy. Gosh, it's such a good time. Still feel it. Yes, I still feel it all the time. I love it when it comes up on my time hop. Me too. Like, me yes. Too. Um, okay, so okay, so in this concert, what song are you getting on stage to? Ooh, um, either get naked or mood ring. Bitch, okay, because for me, it would be Get Naked. Boots. Hello! Best song. I love uh-huh. it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I love that they um, talk about um, consent in a really um, cute way, too, because it's just mm-hmm. like, you can do whatever you want. You know? I mean, you can just do like, whatever just you're like down to do. Sparkling you know? production. It's just- it is. Shay, what are you going to wear the first time you see Britney Spears at her return to the Onyx Ooh. Hotel tour? Um, okay, so Onyx Hotel was in the zone, so I'm thinking, uh, oh, God, um, bitch, what am I gonna wear? Because I feel like I really want to pay homage to Britney, um, and so I think what I'm going to do is, uh, get, like, a really, like, super fierce like full like body prosthetic done and then get crystals like applied to it um and then just come out serving um britney in the toxic video um wind machine um yeah no and i'm gonna come out for toxic yeah just like sparkling like a disc. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna drop me from the ceiling like a disco ball. <laughs> they're gonna, gonna shoot a beam of light on me, and I'll just be spinning up there while she's like on stage, just like the taste of your lips. You know, yeah, that would be that would be my part. Yeah, <laughs> I love I love the contrast in our end. Like my POV of entering on the stage is like, oh, they're just gonna bring me up the stairs. And you're like, I'm gonna drop down from the ceiling. And I'm like, they're just gonna walk my ass up. <laughs> yes, but we had a dress Out rehearsal beforehand. Yeah, where we tried out the harness to make sure the rig fit. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I love it so. But wait, 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 whoa, 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 Maxwell, what are you wearing? Yeah, I feel like I I need to also pay homage to the queen. I would mm-hmm. probably wear. I would probably go like upside it again. I would really want to wear like the latex. Yes. Yeah. Like I mean, maybe like make it like gay pride, not allowed kink at you know pride, like make it gay rights. <laughs> but um, you know, I would definitely wear it. Maybe put some rips in it with some safety pins. <laughs> know, Queen like, with a message. Yes, I would be. You know, it would be different. And then I would probably want to be on stage with her to um, brave new girl. That would be our Fierce. return. Oh to, my god. Um, return to society moment um together and i would be driving a car i feel like we would be driving a car i would be in this like oops i did it again moment and i'd be like girl we are driving our car we're getting out of here brave new girl why do i feel like why do i feel like brave new girl because you know i'm already like creating this imaginary set list like why do i feel like that would be like the closing number actually for like the show 
Mm. Like, and like, she kind of pays homage to Crossroads and they like hop in a cute convertible. And then like the L, the LED screens like open up with this like canyon on the back while like the little car like drives away. And like, she's all like pumping while everyone's like, yeah, Brittany, drive off to the sunset we live. I do love the car aspect. That's a very consistent thing in a Britney concert. She always has a prop car, too, so it's perfect. (laughs) I have to be driving the car. My gay ass is like, oh, I can't drive in real life. I'll drive for Britney. Someone's got the remote control for you, shifting around. We'd still crash. I still want to be able to park it, so it's fine. Honestly, I've driven with you several times, Maxwell, and I think that you're a great driver. Thank you. I trust you with my life. I just like to play into the gay Twitter narrative that we don't like. We don't know how to drive. You do love iced coffee too, though. So you're almost. I, there. I know. No. You know, it's, I'm all about branding. I'm a Twitter gay. I don't drive. Yes. I drink iced coffee. Free Britney. Um, yes, we love all of those things. Follow my alt hashtags. And I. Is that right? Yes. That's what we do. Yeah. yeah, you're one scrunchie away from being a TikToker. That is all the time that we have for this episode. Thank you so much for coming by this week, Bible. Uh, we had so much fun. This was such a great conversation. Loved fantasizing about like future Britney um, things with you and uh, talking about drag queen merch. And so please, can you tell all of our listeners where they can catch up with you online? Of course. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at BibleGirl666, on Twitter, BibleGirl222, and on TikTok at BibleGirlSucks. And thank you to the both of you so much for having me. Seriously, like, I love kicking it with y'all. Yeah. Always a great time of conversation. Oh. Always just good vibes. Keeping it in the family. I love it. Thank you absolutely. always. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. No, yeah, our absolute pleasure. Uh, well, look, next week we will be joined by Gunner Deathridge as we keep working our way through America's next top model, Cycle 3. Just wanted to say thank you to everyone for listening. And if you have any top model facts or questions for Maxwell and me, our guests, or you even just want to say hi, you can send us an email to beontoppod at gmail.com. Remember to subscribe to Want to Be On Top wherever you listen and make sure to rate and review the show. It helps us grow. I'm Shay Coulet. And I'm Max Wasposito. And as always, the question remains, Wanna Be On Top? Want to Be On Top is not endorsed by America's Next Top Model or any other show's creators, producers, or distributors. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. America's Next Top Model and all names, pictures, audio, and video clips are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and or copyright holders. To listen to Wanna Be On Top ad-free and Monday early, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Make sure to follow at Forever Dog Team and at Mom Podcasts on social and rate and review Wanna Be On Top five stars on Apple Podcasts. Yes, bitch, I said five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wanna Be On Top is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom, hosted by Shea Coulee, produced by Maxwell Esposito, editing and sound design by Will Pitts, executive produced by Willem Belli, Big Dipper, Alaska Thunderfuck, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. 